0: and welcome to the Pioneering Today podcast with me, Melissa K. Norris, inspiring your faith and your pioneer roots. Today is episode number 102, and I'm going to be sharing with you my favorite choices for seed starting containers that are free, some free resources and my favorites, press some pros and cons of each of those. And then one resource that is paid, but that I highly recommend getting. So we're be sharing about starting your seeds indoors and the benefits of starting your seeds indoors and growing your own seedlings. Today's episode is a fun one. It is actually one of our live shows. So we have the regular Pioneering Today podcast. And then we also have the Pioneering Today show, which is done over at Facebook and it's done for Facebook Live. But then I do bring the videos to YouTube and then I pop them in a blog post as well because I know not everybody is on Facebook. So I want to make sure that I get the rest of y'all covered too. But you can join us live and it's every Thursday morning at 830 a.m. Pacific time right on my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Melissa K. Norris. So you can follow us there. I took out the best parts of the recording and the information today and created this podcast from it, but there's also the accompanying blog post. So if you want to view the video there and then of course check out all of the links that we're going to be talking about there and the resources, then you're able to do that. And so you can actually watch the video and see the things that I'm talking about as well, which is really fun. So I would love to invite you to come and join us for those live shows as well. The best seed starting containers, my personal favorites, those that are perfect for when you're on a budget, and what you need to consider when you are picking the containers to start your seeds, particularly by which plants that you're planning on starting from seed and growing, because the type of the plant will give you some consideration that you'll need to take into when you're picking out your containers. When we are picking our containers, one of the first things that you're gonna need to know when you're deciding to start your seeds is you need to know In your area where you live what your last average frost date is now i actually have what i'm going to be sharing with you guys live today up in a blog post melissaknorris.com seed containers with an s there plural you can go there and i've got a link that you can pop in if you don't know what your last average frost date is because that is what we plan all of our crops by when they go in the ground and when we need to start our seeds so the plant is at the proper stage when we can move it outside to get our harvest. For me, our average last frost date here, I'm in the Pacific Northwest, I'm in the west side up in the foothills, it's actually starting to spit a little bit of snow again this morning in Washington State. For me, the map will say that my last average frost date is the end of April, but we usually can get some sneaky frosts in there here especially being so up into the mountains and in the foothills so i typically extend that last average frost date that it says is for average for our area out by a week so we typically don't put things like tomatoes and pepper plants and those type of things out until the mid to the end of may just depending upon the year and what the weather is like so that means that i need to start my peppers and my tomatoes, and onions. Onions are actually take, if you're starting onions from seed and not doing sets, those you're going to be putting in very first thing that you're gonna be starting from your seedlings indoors, starting those seeds, and then tomatoes and peppers because those take longer to grow before they're ready to harvest. So if you've got that short growing season, think about if you're gonna be putting those in and you wanna start those from seed, this is gonna be the time that you need to start getting all of these supplies ready if you don't have them. Seed starting containers. There are tons of seed start options that you can start your seeds in. I'm a frugal girl. Raise your hand if you like free because that's the way I like to roll. I like to use as much free resources as possible or reuse things that I've already got in my home instead of putting them in the trash or recycle or whatever, that I can get another use out of them. One of the first options that you can use is egg cartons, save your egg cartons. One, they break down great. They already have little individual slots here that you can fill with soil to put your seeds in. Now, I love this because it's absolutely free. Another thing, if you want to plant the egg carton down into the ground with your soil, then you can do that, it will decompose. However, When it comes to transplanting them out there, you need to make sure that you don't just plop them in. You need to shred the bottom really well because it won't decompose fast enough as the roots grow out. If you decide to go the option in using egg cartons, which I do, one of the cons of using the egg carton is it's very porous. So it will soak up a lot more water than other type of container choices. You just need to make sure you keep an eye on it and you keep it well watered and you keep it moist one of the only really drawbacks when it comes to the egg cartons. Now when you start your seeds you're going to put your soil in and you're going to dampen the soil. You'll put your seeds in and then you will cover it up with plastic because we need to keep all of the moisture in there until those seeds have germinated or began to sprout. Then we'll remove the plastic and airflow is important. But in the beginning while they're germinating actually I will cut off the lid here and then just cover it with plastic wrap to create a greenhouse effect right in there. One of the things that works really great with the egg cartons is if you are doing something like lettuce, something that doesn't have a really big root system and that you can be putting outside and into the ground. So sometimes I will put some of the smaller things like lettuce or some of those smaller starts, some herbs and stuff, and I'll start them in here. Or I can do tomato seeds in here too, but I know because the tomatoes, when I start them, they're gonna be in my house under the grow light for about eight weeks. Know that I'm going to be transplanting them into a larger container, but these are great because they're small and compact. If you're starting a lot of seeds at once, I like to use the egg cartons and it's totally free, right? That's one free option that I use quite frequently. Another option that I really like to use are these, this is the clamshell containers. This was an organic lettuce container, had some mixed greens in there. A lot of times if you go to stores like Costco or really big Um, Stores you will get apples that will come the apples are in individual plastic clamshells as well Save those if it's got this lid like this then you have an instant greenhouse This is a mini greenhouse when you are starting your seeds and we love that This is nice because it's deep so you have a lot of inches there for root growth This can be a great soil start or seed starting container all on its own Which I have been saving these to start my own seeds fill it with soil You'll put your seeds in there, wet it down, and then you just simply close the lid and it will create a wonderful moist greenhouse effect in here. Once the seeds have sprouted, then all you have to do is just open the lid and you've got it here. This is nice because it's so deep. This is gonna be perfect for onion sets. You could do tomato sets in here, peppers, any of those type of starts because tomatoes more so than peppers, but tomatoes have a big root system. And because tomatoes are something that when we're starting them indoors at home, usually we're starting them and they're gonna be growing for a while in the house because tomatoes and peppers really love heat. We can't put them out early. But here, in your shorter growing season areas, I've gotta start them early because if I don't start them indoors, if I try to start them from seed outside, our growing season is so short, I won't get any harvest. For my tomato plants, because I know they've got that big root system on them, I go with a deeper container. And another one that we can use, which would again be something that you probably were recycling or could maybe be tossing out, our milk cart. Can you use the plastic clamshells on a heated germination mat? Um, Amy, that's a great question. It would depend on how hot that germination mat gets. And to tell you the truth, I do my peppers and my tomatoes in the house and I've never used a germination mat. Now, if your house is really, really cold, then you might wanna look into that and I'll have to double check the temperature ranges on that to see how warm they get. I would imagine that it wouldn't, I don't think that it would melt the plastic. I don't think it would get that hot because if it got that hot, it would damage the seeds. Usually we want soil temperature for your warm weather plants, especially peppers, depending on the hot peppers too, like jalapenos, those type of peppers and your tomatoes. We need our soil temperature, and not necessarily the air temperature, because soil temperature can still be cooler than what the air temperature is. The soil temperature needs to be 60 to 65 degrees Fahrenheit. Most of our summer's vegetables you'd be putting in after your frost dates, most of those need that soil temperature at the 60 to 65 degrees Fahrenheit in order for them to germinate and grow. However, tomatoes and peppers, and especially not so much the sweet peppers, but your hot peppers, so think those spicy heat factor ones, they actually do better if they have a higher temperature for their soil when it comes to germination so between 80 and 85 degrees for tomatoes and peppers is preferable and that's fahrenheit of course however i have had my peppers and my tomatoes all germinate wonderfully for me without the aid of using any heat other than what's in the air. Though I do put my tomatoes and peppers when they're in the germination stage, I will put them next to our wood stove so that they've got a lot of heat going on. But I haven't had to use any of the heated seed mats or any of those things, and I've had really great germination rates. So while you will have a better rate of success and usually a better rate of germination, using a seed heating mat or using the soil temperatures, having them at that higher temps, I haven't had to do that and I've still had some germination rate. In fact, I have almost 100% germination rate on my tomatoes. So just kind of want to toss that out there. Though if you're doing a lot of those hot peppers, you are going to want to have that soil temperature. It's more important because I have had trouble with my jalapenos, but not my sweet peppers on the germination rate. And especially if the soil temperature gets too cold, then they don't thrive and they're not going to grow very well. Just a little side note there on your temperature ranges and what's actually worked best for me, but what is recommended. Milk jugs. So milk jugs can be great because you can just, you can cut out and leave the handle. So when we're transplanting, especially when you do are doing with your plants, the hardening off process where you're putting them outside and then bringing them back in over a period of days before planting them. I usually have to put mine on some trays because I've got so many that I'm putting in and out, in and out. But this is great because you can just cut here and then down to whatever depth that you want your milk carton to be. And you still can have the handle on there. So it's just easy transportation. And you can still, you can cut it to put your soil and stuff in there and kind of leave it hinged at the top so that you can still put it back down to do that greenhouse effect. And because you can decide how deep you wanna cut it, this can work great too, cause you've got some depth there for the roots going down. for tomatoes and peppers do we only fill that half full of potting soil or all the way to the top Great question. I will usually put it like within an inch to the top when I'm doing the seeds and then letting them sprout. And I give myself a little bit of room, especially with your tomato plant. If your tomato plants start to get leggy and the stems get weak, there's a couple different conditions that are going on there, but you can add more soil to create a better root system and you can kind of build the soil up a little bit. So I do leave a little bit of room. I do not leave room when I'm using the egg cartons because I know I'm going to be transplanting that start into a larger, container before it goes outdoors. So I just fill this all the way up with soil to the very top there and I don't worry about keeping it a little bit lower on that one. Do I plant more than one and how do I separate them when planting? Great question. When I'm doing the egg cartons, because these are so small, I usually just do one seed per section, sometimes two. I have great germination rate. I do an heirloom San Marzano Lungo number two paste tomato and I they have excellent germination rate for me so I know I'm pretty much going to get all of the seeds are going to germinate that I put in. So Just put one in per here. Now if I'm doing a larger container I will make you know I'll kind of make a little grid system. You can use a ruler or a pencil just to make some lines but I'll usually put per each cell. I'll usually put two seeds sometimes three with peppers because I don't use a seed heating mat with my peppers sometimes I don't have quite as good germination rate so I'll move those by the wood stove to start when I'm getting the seeds to germinate to keep the soil a little bit warmer because that's our heat source but then I'll put two to three and then I can thin them out later if need be these are one of my top options for free resources because I love free so I only start my tomatoes and peppers indoors or are there other vegetables you start indoors for me personally I start my peppers and my tomatoes indoors because I the heirloom strains that i like to use i don't find those readily available in any of our local nurseries or when i go to if you go to buy starts i don't find all of those heirloom tomato varieties and enough because i grow between 15 to 20 tomato plants every year so that we have enough to harvest so that i don't ever buy tomato products from the store I always start my tomatoes indoors and my peppers because I, and that's one of the beauties of starting your seeds. You get exact varieties of what you want and what does best in your area and what you're going for. Because I want a paste tomato because my main goal is preserving my tomatoes. That's a little side note on how awesome it is to start your own seeds. But I do mainly my peppers and tomatoes. I'm gonna do onion sets this year as well. And then a lot of times I will start herbs and I will start lettuce indoors. I do not start, for me personally, I don't start my summer squash indoors. And the reason for that is because when I've done starts of summer squash and then I have planted them outside and I've done another hill that I did direct sow, which is where you just put the seed in the ground, you're not starting it indoors, they performed the same rate. Sometimes when you're transplanting a lot, the roots, even if we're really careful, the roots will get a little bit smooshed, and it takes the plant a little bit to acclimate once it gets in the ground from being indoors, even though we have to do the hardening off process. So I found with squash, and this is, you know, cucumbers, uh, butternut, zucchini, all those types of squash, summer and winter squash. that if I direct sow them, they actually grow at the same rate. And sometimes they outgrow the ones that I started from seed just because they're starting boom in the ground and there's nothing disturbing them. I don't start those inside. Um, With my growing season, I don't have to. I still get a great harvest. That's gonna depend on how short or long your growing season is for you though. So those are ones that I don't do. And I do start, I'll start herbs inside. So basil, for example, those heat loving plants, I will start inside because my growing season's so short so I can get a jump on them. Plus then I can have herbs. Herbs will actually grow almost all year round. So I'm gonna be starting some more herbs uh, the basil in particular and those type of things leafy greens i'm going to be starting some lettuce lettuce does that have a really large root system so lettuce can be a great one that you can start and grow indoors plus i hate having to buy fresh lettuce when i can't be growing it at home which is why i've got this because we do still like to have our fresh lettuce so that's when i'm going to be starting and if you have a copy of my book the made from scratch life In here, there is a complete planning out worksheet. It's page 24, 25 and 26. And so it's by alphabetical order by plant and it will tell you when to start indoors and it's all based off of, so you will fill and plug in your dates off your last average frost date. It'll tell you what plants to start indoors that do best when you start them indoors and how many weeks before that last average frost date. It'll let you know which ones do not like to be started. For example, beans, And corn do best if they're direct sown. So I never start my beans indoors. They go right out into the soil, right from a seed. There's notes in here that'll tell you when to plant outside too, if you're doing direct sown or when to put your transplants outside. It's got two columns there and it lets you know per plant which is best. If you've got the book, go and get that sheet out. It's the one that I use and it's gonna really help you plan out when timeline-wise to be starting all of your seeds to then grow your seedlings and transplant outdoors. So that's a great resource. And if you don't have the book, I'll put a cop- a link in there, but you can grab that at Amazon, of course, and then madefromscratchlife.com, get your bonuses. Now, with the tomatoes and the peppers, I do have to transplant those into a larger container because like I said, I start those End of february into march and then i'm not putting them outside into may they need to be transplanted into a bigger container while they're growing in the house because tomatoes have a really big root system and that's one of the things if you're doing transplants or seedlings inside you got to keep an eye on the root system we don't want them to become root bound right this is where i made a purchase these are one gallon pots and this is what i put all of my tomatoes in Depending on how fast they're growing, usually about the four-week mark, I will put them in here even if they're still little because I know that they're going to grow in here. I got these three years ago um, on Amazon. I'll pop the link in there for you. I got 20 of them and I just reuse them every single year. They last for years and for me, they weren't that expensive, but it's been a great investment for my tomatoes because it's still way cheaper for me to grow them from seed even with the purchase of these little one-gallon pots. Now. If you get plants you know, given to you or purchase them, just save them. I didn't have enough save to do all of my tomatoes and peppers, so I had to buy some, but just go ahead and save those. One caveat, if you are going to be reusing, and of course, if you're using plastic, um, the milk jug, I don't wash the egg cartons, because that'd be silly, right? they just fall apart. But with the plastic things like this, wash them with some good soap and water, rinse them really well and let them dry before you plant. And if you are reusing containers like this, which I highly recommend, you need to make sure that you sanitize them if they've had other plants in them because seedlings are just like baby humans. They're very susceptible to disease, more so than a grown established plant. You'll wanna disinfect them, so how you do that is just take a big old tub or bucket of water, and you're gonna do one part bleach to 10 parts, um, nine parts water, so 10 parts total there. And then you'll let them soak for 10 minutes, then take them out and then scrub them really good with some hot soap and water still, and then rinse them well, and let them dry. So, the reason for that is, is if there's any disease in there, that we're not transferring that to our baby plants and to our baby seedlings that could be from a contaminated pot because we're going through the work of starting the plants, right? Putting the soil in, using a grow light, doing all of this. And then we wouldn't want to miss just one step and then actually have them get disease, you know, dampening off fungus, different things like that that can be transmitted through the soil. So, that's why we do need to disinfect our pots, but it's a pretty easy process. I mean, you just dump a little bit of water and bleach in a big old thing and let them soak for a little bit and then wash them out. I've had for three years. I actually, confession, right before we started, you guys, I didn't put my pots up after I them out of the greenhouse this year when i winterized and i left them sitting on the ground next to the greenhouse so these have been covered in two feet of snow these have been out in the rain and the wind and the ice and the snow which i'm not recommending i'm just saying it's the truth that's where i left mine i forgot a stack out there so i ran out and grabbed that this morning and just rinsed it off with the hose so i didn't bring dirt into the house to show you so they are really um they're well made they're i don't want to say they're indestructible but they're gonna hold up for you my personal favorites Using seed starting containers. You know, some people like to use peat pots. I don't use those because it's something that I have to buy every single year and I don't like to do that. It's not something that I can reuse like I can these. It was a purchase, but I can reuse those. So I don't do that. Plus, there's sometimes some questions on the sustainability of using the peat moss, the little peat pots, you know, that you'll see in the store, the plugs in those. For those so those are just some of the reasons that I don't use those there's lots of containers it makes a really cool picture and people will use an eggshell an empty eggshell and they'll plant in that and I don't do that because one it's super super small it's gonna be really hard to create a greenhouse effect in that because eggshells are sharp and I'm gonna have to remove it from that fast anyway so I save my eggshells because they're an excellent source of calcium And then instead, I crush those up and I put them in the hole when I am planting into the soil, when I'm planting my tomatoes and my pepper plants. If you are interested, you guys, in raising your own food and becoming self-sufficient, I am gonna be doing a free live, it's online, but it's gonna be live, free masterclass talking about teaching you exactly, walking you through the process that we do of planning out your harvest and your crops for a year's worth of food. So we're gonna be talking about vegetables and fruits and livestock and how we plan all of that out and what that entails to raise a year's worth of food so you can go to slash seed containers and at the bottom of the post what we're talking about here with the links there will be a link to sign up for that free masterclass. it's going to be in march So you can go ahead and grab your seat there and then I will send out emails as we get closer with details and stuff. But it's gonna be really fun and I'm excited to share that with you because I know people always have questions on how we're able to raise all of our own meat. So we raise our own grass-fed organic um, beef, pork, laying hens, of course, because I want my eggs. And then we raise our own meat chickens that we do butcher ourselves. Then I'm gonna be talking about fruit how much we've got what we put in kind of what that entails and then how much we plant in our vegetable garden space-wise, time-wise, because we do all of this while my husband and I both work day jobs and I have the side part where I am the um, author of books and I do the website and then these shows too as well. So I'm gonna show you how we fit that in and how we plan it out so that you can put that into practice this year too and start raising some crops that you get an entire year's worth of food from that particular crop. So I'm really excited to do this class with you guys. I really hope that you go and sign up for it because it's gonna be awesome. This is our verse of the week section, and I don't know about you, but have you ever had where there's this one verse and it seems that everywhere you look, this verse keeps popping up or coming back to you, and I really pay attention when that happens because usually I know that God is trying to get something across to me, or there's something about that verse and its message in particular that I really need to be paying attention to in my life, and the verse that I'm going to share with you today that is our verse of the week has... Come almost every single day for the past week, this verse has shown up every day in one spot or another. During our church service, my pastor preached on it. Then the next day, it happened to be on one of the checks that I wrote. Then the next day, it was featured for that day in the devotional that I was reading. So I thought, okay, this verse has got some importance to it. And of course, all God's word has importance to it. But this one in particular has really been popping up for me. So we're going to get right to it. It's in Isaiah and it's Isaiah 26 verse 3 and I'm going to add verse 4 in there with it. You will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace whose mind, both its inclination and its character is stayed on you because he commits himself to you, leans on you and hopes confidently in you. So trust in the Lord, commit yourself to him, lean on him, hope confidently in him forever. For the Lord God is an everlasting rock, the rock of ages. And this is shared from the Amplified Translation of the Bible. What I really love about this verse is we all need peace in our life, right? Because this world, oh my goodness, it has got plenty of trials and worries all on its own. But the part that is really important when we are looking at this verse is, and this is probably the area where I suffer and fall the most, and maybe y'all do too. It specifies that he will guard us and he will keep us in that perfect and constant peace when our mind is stayed on him, when we're committed to him, and then we lean and our hope is confidently in him. But there's that verb in there that we have to take that action of and we have to keep our mind on him and guarded in him. And I A lot of times when I've got things going on that I'm worried about or that are troubling me, my mind starts to focus on that problem and the what if and oh my goodness, well, what if I did this or what if I do this and then that happens or this could happen and pretty soon all I'm thinking about is my problem and all of the complications that can come with it and the worry and the fear depending upon what it is and I have not even thought about God anymore and what he can do and what he will do through it because I'm so focused on the problem. So it's really important to remember no matter what we're going through, be it big or small, the minute we take our focus off of the Lord, then that worry starts to come in. And then we're no longer in that perfect peace. So if we can say, "Stayed on him and keep bringing it. And so that's what I have to do is when I'm worrying about something or focusing on something something is troubling me, is I kind of have to give myself a little reminder that I'm thinking too much about that and not on the Lord and not on praising him and just getting out of that worry phase. So I kind of have to give myself like a mental trigger when I start to get fussing about it is to remind myself to focus back on the Lord. So I hope that this verse brings you some peace and some thought reflection so it's one that god has been putting up a lot for me so i thought that i would share it for you with you in case you needed to hear that word too so i want to thank you guys so much for spending your time with me today i really appreciate it and i hope that you go and sign up and you will be joining me for our free masterclass. so make sure and go and sign up Get your seat saved and then I'll send you out emails with all of the details as that draws just a little bit closer. But if you're anything like me, I want to do something and I mean to do something, but if I don't do it then, then I tend to forget about it. And then I'm kicking myself because I missed it or I forgot about it until it's too late. Don't let that happen to you. Go and get yourself signed up. So you can catch all of this. Watch the video. Get the links and get yourself signed up at melissaknorris.com. You can click on the podcast button. This is episode number 102, but you can check out all of our previous episodes as well. So I just want to thank you. I can't wait to hear about your seed starting success and some of the awesome crops that you're putting in so that you can feed your family and be more self-sufficient and save some money. Thanks so much and have a great day.